Did you know our hearts connect deeply wherever you and I are in the world? Hi, I'm Andrea Petrut, Intuitive Life and Relationship Coach. Here at Healing Through Oneness Podcast, together we find what makes us unique and what keeps us united. We learn of past ones and ways to heal. We release old stories and create new, empowering realities that serve us now. Join me and my guests to recognize the truth within, discover why you are precious, connect with what sets you apart, and allow the world to welcome you and resonate with your heart. We are one. Hello, everyone. I have with me Liz Ducoy, a very dear friend of mine, who is from Canada, very close to me here in Toronto. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Andrea. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. The honor is mine. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Liz, um, after graduating from the University in Toronto with a degree in psychology and with a minor in philosophy, you worked in the corporate world in human resources, training and development, and as a team lead in career employment counselor. Um, after conducting hundreds of workshops and counseling thousands of people after a major life event in March 2017, you decided that you could really serve people best by starting your own business. Today, you coach mission-driven professionals who feel they are not as far along as they should be in reaching out six or seven figures, learn how to eliminate the um, and eradicate the distractions that are holding them back so that they can find time for themselves and be present with their loved ones. This is huge. As a leader, uh, I know we can be overwhelmed. Uh, I personally have three kids. My husband is working. Uh, one kid has, is going to private school. The other kids are homeschooled. So I know what it's like to have so many things to do and think, when? How will I have the time? to be a guest on podcasts, have this podcast, you know, to work on my business, take care of myself. What is your take on that? Um, and I know you have a very special story. Mm. So maybe we can tie this issue with time and your, your story, your big shift. Absolutely, sure. Um, it comes from, well, the, the biggest shift I had was finally, it was my third breakdown, and it was in 2014. And the breakdown came from just the stress, anxiety, overwhelm, you know, you, and that's what I teach a lot of my clients, too. It's you've got all these neurochemistry that you've got this whole pharmacology going on in your brain. And, you know, your, your nervous system. And what happens is when we're in this constant chronic stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, we start going down that spiral of depression and that sort of thing. And it really led for me, it was just so chronic 
that I just did, couldn't see a way out. And the only way I was driving home one day from work, the only way I could see out was I could see this humongous tree in the bend of the road. And I thought, what would happen if I put pedal to metal and just wrap my car around the tree? Wow. And in that instant, in that moment, I thought about my kids. I thought, oh my God, I can't leave them. What will happen if I leave them? I can't leave them with him because I was in a loveless marriage. I wasn't happy in the marriage. And I didn't, I knew what he was like and I just didn't feel that he, they would get the care and the love that they needed. And so that's kind of set me on that journey. That was the third time I had a breakdown, right? And, but this one, this time it was major. I mean, I've, all, I've had suicidal thoughts since I was 14, stress, anxiety, overwhelm. It's kind of like that cycle. Read a book, feel better, you know, exercise, feel better, but then something would happen and I'd fall off. And usually that's when I'd have suicidal thoughts, but then I'd pick myself up. But this time I actually thought about it. And I, that's set me on the journey of looking at, my thinking and realizing how powerful our thinking is and I truly could understand why people do actually commit suicide because the pain is so very real the emotional pain that you're going through is so very real and the only escape is to end it but I when I looked back on it and I and I started to look at what was it in that moment that shifted for me and I realized it was my thinking. I stopped thinking about myself and how I was feeling. And I started to think about my kids and how much I loved them. So it was that, that kind of like that switch. I realized that it's our thinking. So I started to do more um, research. And that's when I started my journey in personal development in terms of you know, neuroscience and transformational psychology and spirituality um, so that I can not only change my life so that I wouldn't have any more breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause that's it. I'm done. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also to stop that, that emotional pain and those suicidal thoughts, because you know, it's, it, it just, you know, how can I do that? So that's, that's started on my journey. So I started to look into the thinking and realize that the only cause of any problem that we have in the world is really our thinking because our mind is so powerful. And it's our mind that controls our brain, that controls our body. And so that's kind of led me on that journey. And I came up with um, a, a proprietary methodology. And the, and the main focus of that is what I call five primary drivers. So it's kind of like what you believe about, you know, what you believe. And I believed I just had to do everything myself, that I had no support and no help, which led to thoughts of I had to do it all on my own, that I had no time. There's just so much to do that I have to be this, you know, this 24-7 list going that I have to be a good daughter, good, good parent, good employee, like all these thoughts about how, you know, the list is endless, which then throws me into feelings, right? So you have this belief, these thoughts, these feelings, and the feelings, of course, are overwhelm, failure, not going to be able to do things right, which leads us into action which could be destructive, you know, for some people could be a coping mechanism. Maybe you drink wine, which I started doing too at night, right? To take the edge off or you procrastinate or you start beating yourself up or, you know, the inner self talk about how horrible person you are, which leads to results of, you know, not getting things done or just, you know, it just perpetuates the cycle. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so that's what I started to look into and, and realize. So when I changed my thoughts around time and that everything is timing, and I realized that 
life is always working for us in the sense that in that moment in time created the opportunity for me to reflect back on my life and start doing this kind of work for people to help them realize that you know you are being the best that you can be you can only do so much that you can in the day in the time that you've got and maybe what what you just so as long as you set out and this is what i started to do as long as i set out and get two three things that i really need to get done that day i'll get that done whatever gets done gets done what doesn't need to get done will get done the next day so i'm hoping that that um, listeners will see that because i think and, and that's why i always say, say tell people the biggest problem i solve is time is because the distractions of our mental capacity of our thinking is what causes us and robs us of our time right so yeah thank you so much for for sharing that uh, honestly i i invite everybody listening and watching to go back and listen again because you 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 spread a lot of things in a very short amount of time, actually. <laughs> um, and you you mentioned three things. You know, setting those priorities is key. Mm. Do you have uh, what worked for you and what would you suggest to somebody who has, you know, 12, <laughs> 20, whatever, too many things on their list? How to pick the first three that would make that small move forward to help us feel, you know, gain confidence and feel that it's I'm enough, what I do is enough, and to see some momentum going, to see something is going and have the trust of, oh, there is change happening. There mm -hmm. is something different than yesterday. You mm -hmm. know, how, how can we figure out those three things to help us? That's, that's a, a really good question. And, and, for me, it was just taking a look at what do I need to do today to move my business forward? Just that one degree, right? Oftentimes we think we have to do 10 degrees or 20 degrees, or we have to be hundred percent. No, one degree, because one degree stacked and compounded over time, right? One degree a day is 365 degrees, right? When you look at it or yeah. 1%. So what is that one thing I can do today that's gonna move my business forward? What's that one thing I need to do today to help my kids? What's that one thing I can do today to help my parents? And then when you get those done and out of the way, you're going to have the rest of the day. And it's like, what, what else can I do? It's always, like you said, like we, setting your intention for the day. Who do I want to be today? What do I want to do? And how do I want to feel? And those are the three questions I ask myself every day. And that's how I start my day and set my priorities for the day. Right now, I mean, I'm lucky my mom's in a long-term care now. I mean, she was, there was a time where, uh, you know, when I was doing a, a workshop, I used to leave my, luckily my my office was always next to the, the training room. So I could, I didn't want to take my phone into the training room, but I would leave it in my office and I would set it on high ring. So, you know, while my mom was had Alzheimer's dementia. So if the phone would go off, right, I could pause, take a logical break, go answer the phone and then come back. And if that's that, you know, my, my staff used to know that, or the, the trainees used to know that that would happen. But I mean, that was rare, to be honest, that she would really interrupt the time when I was training. Most of the time she'd call me, it was always in the morning or later in the afternoon, right? This was, you know, when, when, the, when she had to go check her mail or, you know, something didn't arrive or something like that. So I used to just set my, uh, so when I look back on that and, and 
now that she's in long-term care, it's not an issue, but it's sort of taking a look at, you know, what's important for me to do today. So if, if that's what you have to do and just let people know, Hey, you know, I'm going through this. If, if there's an emergency, we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to go answer the phone and not feel guilty about it. Right. Not feel yeah. bad about it because that's, what's going to happen. Um, and now, I mean, I don't get those calls. I mean, sometimes my daughter calls me, but I, you know, unless it's an, a real an emergency, um, then I'll see her calling two, three times, which doesn't happen very often either, right? Then you just be okay with setting those boundaries with and letting people know, you know, this might happen just to let you know that this might happen during our call. But for if, but if it doesn't, great. I hope that helps. The other thing is it comes to like really setting boundaries, right? Shut your, like when you're on a call, like we're on this podcast yeah. now, shut your phone off right like do what you need to do for half an hour it's not yeah. going to be you know unless somebody's you know taking a knife to somebody else and stabbed them and there's bleed. like really there's an emergency and i think it's just kind of changing our perceptions about what we're allowing ourselves to get distracted on yeah because we allow especially the phone to distract us so much yeah. But if we can shut it off and put it away for that half hour or that hour when you need to get that work done and just focus, because there really is no emergency. We just make up. We just think there is an emergency because the phone dings. I personally have everything shut off on my, com on my computer. You'll notice there's no dings. There's nothing flashing up that the email came in. Nothing. I've turned everything off on my computer. I have yeah. everything turned off on my phone. So that I, when I'm focusing and paying attention to what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. If I need to check emails later, I will, right? Like I don't have to check emails every five minutes. Those are the distractions that steals and robs our time, puts us into that stress, anxious, overwhelmed state. Then we're not going to accomplish what we need to accomplish. We're going to feel like a failure and it, or we're not accomplishing the things we need to accomplish. And we're going to get into that whole cycle again that I outlined earlier. I hope that answers the question. Oh, and it is what you've touched upon is so important. And I see here um, some things related to what you share on your website and your story. You know, you are at a certain age and you are a kind of generation. So, uh, you know, I'm younger than you and I experience different things, but I'm still uh, somewhat let's say if my father was here i would be somewhat in the sandwich generation that you're talking about and you have been mm -hmm. and you still are actually right mm -hmm. you are still in uh, those now things have changed for you a bit well you say your mother is in long-term care but i have friends who are in the sandwich generation with both parents you know and uh my heart is with them because it's so difficult to take care of of younger child to help mm -hmm. them grow and have a good education and make money and mm -hmm. keep the keep the be able to keep the house and take care of two adults you know your parents who are going you know health wise it's low it's lower and lower like they become more and more dependent on you and you have to keep this balance mm -hmm. how how do we do it in search you know uh, one thing is what you shared is setting those priorities and you ask the questions we need to ask ourselves in those moments and and be okay with it and 
you talked about healthy boundaries. Honestly, when listening to you, I was thinking we do have a hard time telling people, uh, first of all, admitting to ourselves and acknowledging we need that. We need to be uh, to take care of someone else. We need to stay you know, connected also with that person. So that's the healthy boundary for us. And we need to tell other people about what's going on because people in general do are not mean. They really want to support you. They want to be with mm -hmm. you. But if you don't tell them, they, you know, they assume your life is okay and they will not think about your needs because it's not their problem. But if you tell them, you make them aware and you're helping both your relationship with those dependent on you and the relationship with yourself and the relationship with your clients, collaborators, or whoever they are, right? Because you uh, you allow them to know what's going on and allow them to know, look, these are my needs. I need help with making sure we are okay. I'm going to be present with you. And I have to be aware if something happens, if there's an emergency, I also have to be here. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say, right? It it's is. <laughs> it is. But you have to. Like, that's one of the things I realized. One of the reasons why I've had those breakdowns throughout my life was because I didn't seek help. I thought I had to do everything on my own and that I had no support and that I couldn't ask for help. And so I felt alone. And I realized that. But it's not true. I think when you take a look at your thinking and thinking about you know, I have to take care. Now, are these, are you, are the parents, you're thinking the parents yet are, are outside the home or in the home? Because they're going to be in the home. That's the, the home. most difficult. They are in the home. And, you know, there are people or, you know, parents or uh, people we take care of who have, you know, we have difficult conversations with them or they have um, health issues or, you know, mental health or anything, you know, physical health, something that really makes life harder just because you cannot speak to them in the way you would normally do with a with a very healthy person. So they no. need more care. They they need you need to be present, aware and make sure how you speak, how you what how you do things. And so it, it becomes even more complex. Yeah, really changing your thinking around that. That's one of the things I learned with my mom was, you know, if, if my mom said the sky is red today, you just go, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a nice red. What color red do you think it is? Like, is it different shades of red or, you know, like you just have to go with it. Because if you try to say the opposite, to try and bring them back to your reality, um, it causes, that's where a lot of friction and conflict causes. The other thing is, what was really difficult um, is, um, yeah, my mom lived with us for a while and she would want to go out at night at 9.30. Meanwhile, there was snow on the ground. It's like, mom, you can't go out. She goes, well, I want to go out. You know, she gets blah, blah, blah. And I tried to explain to her that it's dark and there's snow. Um, and it, she actually bit me, right? Um, mm -hmm. And my son came in and he got really upset. He goes, you know, don't hurt my mom. So I realized in that moment that uh, my son even started having nightmares. He said that um, grandma, he, he dreamt that grandma would grab a knife. Um, and, mm. or, and my daughter dreamt that um, grandma threw me down the stairs because they could see that she, because of the dementia, she started yeah. to have these violent, right? 
So it was in that moment that I decided that I had to take her back to her own place. And sometimes you have to make these decisions because it was important to keep me safe and my kids safe. Because I didn't know if, you know, it, what if what if all the my kids are dreaming and it, it could be true? I don't know. Like, you just don't know when people have dementia what they're actually going to do. You hear all these horrible stories. So yeah. you have to look at your thinking and say, you know, is it really true that I'm the only person that can support, that my mom has to live with me in order for me to take care of her? So I looked at that thinking and thought, no, it's not true. I can take her back to her own home and start having, like, I think it was Bayshore or one of those agencies I called so that I can have support coming in for her, right? So that they can make sure that she's eating and that sort of thing. Now she balked at it and she's gonna balk at it. Um, but I had to sit down with her and tell her, look, mom, you, you, you really wanted to come home because she, you know, I sat down with her and said, do you want to keep living here? Or do you want to go back to your place? She wanted to go back to her place. So, okay, take her back to her place. But I said, in order for me to do that, we're going to, I need to get someone to help because I got to work full time, right? I can't, I can't, I can't really go get the groceries and do your laundry and do all the things. I need to work full time, but I can get someone to come in and help you. Oh, no, no, I don't need help. And I go, let me just, let me just look after it for you. <laughs> right? You yeah. just have to just do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Because, you know, and it ended up that when they weren't there, I think it was in November, about a year had gone by. Um, I got a call from she had lived in a condo and I got a call from the property manager saying that they found my mom trying to get into the condo, but she didn't have her keys with her. She just she wasn't wearing a coat. And it was like, end of November. Wow. Right. So that's when I called CCAC, which was CCAC in those days. I don't know what it is called now and said, you know, I need to get mom placed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and live with those decisions. They're the right decisions. You, you know, you're going to I felt like a horrible child. I felt like a horrible person mm -hmm. for sending her back. But, you know, it, and and they're going to play with you. They're going to they're going to they have their own reality going on. They're not going to want to help. They're not going to want. But you just have to stick to it and you have to do it. And that's what I did. You know, I said, you know, I'm sorry, mom, that you feel the way. Let's just try it. Um, and, you know, she ended up going into long term care, which is another story, too. You know, first, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the first two weeks she's in there, it was torture for not only for her, but for me, because I felt like a bad, you know, bad daughter for sending yeah. her in and all those things, but you just have to look at your thinking and how it's making you feel and recognize that when you're thinking, when your thinking is making you feel bad, you know that it's not true. And mm -hmm. that's the, that's the biggest sort of tip that I can give people today that whatever you're thinking and it's making you feel bad, check your thinking because it's probably the, what you're thinking is not true and you need to change your thinking so that you feel good. Because if you feel good, then you have the right thinking about it. So that's, I think, because you do this kind of work. It's that intuition, right? Trusting that intuition. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So I hope that helps. And then oh, it really, really helps. And I, I'm, I've already thought about many people who are in different situations like that. And they did feel bad when they uh, put their parents or one of their parents in a long-term care home. Now, coming back to people who you work with. Mm -hmm. who are professional business people. I've seen lots of great responses from your former clients. You help them in, in, in many ways. There's something in common with all of them, which is peace. Yes. 
having peace and calm. Yeah, because um, most of the time when they come to me, they uh, the best example is this um, one client who came to me at the start of the pandemic in April of 2020. And she said, oh my God, I'm so stressed. This pandemic is stressing me out. I've got to work, I've got to work from home. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I just don't, I don't know time, blah, blah, blah. And so when you dig deeper, and that's what I do with my laser coaching, you dig deeper, you find out that she's really been experiencing stress, anxiety, and overwhelm for four years, even before the pandemic started. But oftentimes it's the meaning that we give the experience. We think it's the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So we're attaching a meaning to that experience, and that's what's causing the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. So when we started to work on taking a look at her thinking, how it's making her feel, the actions that she's taking, the results she's getting, we realized that it was tied to this belief of I'm not worthy or mm. I'm not enough. Yeah. Right? Or it could be I don't have enough time, whatever it is, right? And so when you start dismantling that belief and taking a look, is it true? And what else could be true? And if it's not true, sometimes some form of the opposite is true. What what else is playing out? Right. And then you could take a look at creating what I call um, a better belief or a new decision around it, right? Because we make decisions all the time. Yeah. And it's not that it's it's because she attached a meaning. It's we attach meanings to situations and we make decisions. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you buy a car and all of a sudden you see that car out on the road and it's like, where did all these cars come from? It's always <laughs> been there, right? Yeah. It's just that that's what we're focused on. That's what we yeah. see because our brain can't handle all that information coming in. Mm -hmm. So when we think we're really stressed or this pandemic or I don't have time and all, it's because that's what we're focused on. So our brain gives us more of that. Yeah. Um, right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. There was something else uh, that you're doing and this, I think this is very specific to you. You're not just working on beliefs you're also working with the body. Mm -hmm. I see you incorporate also working with the body and uh, getting to a, a level of health or fitness or whatever. Uh, can you tell us more about it? Because you're not just working with one, the, the subconscious and the beliefs. You're working with lots of things. Together. The mind, yeah. It's really important we, uh, we get energy not only from making the transformations in our life and our mind, but also from our body, right? So making sure that people find exercise routines, um, eating the proper foods, and of course, sleep. Sleep is really important. But until you get your mindset, your exercise, and your nutrition going for you, um, then your sleep will, you know, sleep is another thing too. So yeah, I also incorporate that. Uh, we take a look at, are they getting enough activity? Um, what are they eating? What what could be better for them to eat? So we kind of go through that as well. Yeah. And sleep. You know, the, the nighttime routine. What are they doing before? Getting them to understand how important it is to shut all the electronics, everything off. You know, meditate, um, read, that sort of thing. Doing different things too before you go to sleep. Um. From your work, what I understood is that you are helping professionals and business people who want to level up mm -hmm. their their income and how much they're making and their professional business. And that implies 
working and thinking at a higher level. So, and incorporating and integrating more complexity, more, more things. You are working with that, right? Because you understand you've been there. You've been at that level, higher level, and you understand what a leader or a professional needs in order to reach mm-hmm. that, that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest, I guess the biggest one that I've worked with, um, with people is, is they think that um, they can't delegate, right? Or that no one could, that there's only a right way to do things and it's usually their way. Mm-hmm. And that can cause a lot of stress for them because then they don't trust others to do things the way they think it should be done. They yep. so and they don't delegate. And of course, when they don't delegate, it causes more stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. And then it reinforces um, that belief that they have they're all alone, they have to do everything themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so we dismantle that. And when, when I get them to take a look at you know, what it's causing, how it's making them, what they're thinking, how it's causing them to feel their actions and the results, then they can change it and say, what do they need to do to get to the next level? And usually it's, oh, I have to hire a bookkeeper, but, <laughs> you know, or I have to hire, you know, uh, an admin assistant, or I have to train my people to do this stuff so that they'll do it right, show them how I'm doing it, what needs to get done, and why it needs to get done that way. And then the other thing we sometimes have to work on too is also allowing input, right? Because sometimes people will have input to if they see a they say, okay, boss, this is the way you've done it, but I see it a better way. It's going to mm-hmm. be more efficient. So it's sort of sometimes they they have those limiting beliefs that they can't let go of things. And so those are the things that I work on too, is helping them dismantle that all those beliefs that they have, they don't even realize that are in their unconscious sometimes, right? So Leaders really need that support. I know how Mm -hmm. it's like. So I think what you are doing is very, very important, especially because you understand from all these points of view as a person with responsibilities at home, in the Mm -hmm. family, and as a business leader. Mm -hmm. Do you have a message for the audience before we end this beautiful conversation? Oh, sure. Um, Well, the message is that just recognize that life is always working for you that there's no, there's no failures, that everything is an opportunity to grow and learn. So. Awesome. I believe that too. And it's, it's wonderful. Liz, where people can find you if they want to find out more about you and your work, where can they find you? Oh, great. Absolutely. They, it's uh, very easy to find me. It's lizjacoy.com. You can check out my website, sign up for a newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Uh, I also on there, you know, I also have um, a book called Living an Energized Life. They're welcome to download. It's a free uh, ebook. Or they can email me at lizjacoy um, at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. You heard, my dear friends, Liz is there for you. She understands overwhelm. She understands the sandwich generation. And she understands leaders who want to level up. And she offers the best support they can have for their mind, their body, their their whole being. Thank you, Liz, for being with us and for sharing your message and your work. And thank you. And it's been an honor and a privilege. And thank you so much for allowing me to come on and 
share some insights with you and your listeners. So thank you. I really appreciate you. And I love what you do. This is a podcast about change makers for people who are changing and who can change their life, no matter how small or big. And you are an inspiration. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone. If what you heard touched you or helped you, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place for tuning in. Pay it forward by sharing it with others. I'll be here for you with the next episode. I'm Andrea Petrut, your Healing Through Oneness show host. Remember, we are connected. We are one.